critical. Ain't no time left on the clock. When it's your time, give them something to watch. I picked out the locks till I buy up the block. And I know I'm a gift, but I think out the box. And they want me to stop. But why would I stop? Huh? I am unstoppable. Hold up. Why would I stop? Bitch, why would I stop? Chill. Chill. I don't jump, I dive in it. Hold up, hold up, hold up. This the reason I'm alive. This shit the antidote, this the cure cancer flow Stop a pandemic and the globe The product of OA chopping up the sample flow Dealer and Pimp see the triller This shit might go too trip for triller though I see you critical, I'm not hospitable Favorite rappers, I done cut their umbilicals Red Wings jersey, B.I.G. look like pop The black of the band, more they want to see it rock Internet analytic here, aka Dreams, and I would like to welcome you to mine, which I call the Notorious Massive Fake Podcast. I am your hip hop slash gaming news source with a little bit of pop culture mixed in. For episode 10, we're going to be getting into Apple versus Epic Games, Big Sean's new new album, Gotham Nice DC, Suicide Squad, and Six Nine versus Lil Dirk. So as you can tell, we're going to be bouncing we're going to be bouncing between music and gaming for the for the um throughout this podcast i don't know why i couldn't think of the word <laughs> but anyways uh before that make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and also follow to keep up with my latest activities also make sure to hit that subscribe button on my youtube and share this podcast as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses so now that we got the intro out of the way let me switch it up a little bit Hold up, I gotta pull it back up. Just give me one second. Give me one second. Okay, now switching it up right, right quick. Okay, getting into the quote of the pod. Now, the quote of the pod for today's podcast is probably the most, I would say, like requested topic because usually when I do this podcast, I usually come up with um, topics basically looking, searching online, looking for popular. And also, I listen to people who's in the know in the music and gaming uh, industry. So as far, but as far as this topic, it, it was basically fan requested. And I don't like calling people fans. Basically, people who listen to my podcast, it was like, hey, you should talk about this because it's been going on for a little bit, and you're probably wondering what I'm talking about. And that is Epic Games versus Apple. Now they've been going at it for a little bit now, but um, you don't have to worry because I'm going to break down the entire timeline in a simple quick in a quick simple way that you'll understand the whole thing without having to go into the extreme details that it really gets into the legalities and all that and, and really gets into how epic games and apple are really this type of battle between epic games and apple will determine how indie games get their games published going forward well not published but get their games Basically, the percentage share of the market is rest in the hands of this lawsuit. I haven't even gotten to the details yet, so you're probably like, what is this man talking about? So anyways, let's break it down. So basically, Apple is going to Epic, Epic Games because uh, apparently in August, in August, back in August, Apple removed Fortnite from the App Store because uh, Epic Games introduced a new payment system. So instead of going through Apple's uh app store and getting the epic fortnite game you could get it you could get no no no. so they put up a way where you can get their in-game currency through their own game so uh, with v bucks so basically negating having to go through any type of apple store so they wouldn't have to give a cut to apple with how much v bucks they bring in so 
Apple removed them for that because I guess it um I guess it was outside of the terms and agreement as they say so that's when this whole thing just starts so I think we're going to start a little bit before and then it gets into the timeline so we're going to start a little bit before August and June 16th that's when the Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney for those that don't know who the Epic CEO is he was to talk he was talking about how Apple Store is monopolized is that the right word I don't know <laughs> but and it only profits Apple and doesn't give security to to other developers or publishers so basically he was criticizing criticizing Apple saying that the level play, the, the playing field isn't leveled and Apple is a monopoly so claiming that Apple must is a monopoly is a huge deal because if you don't know in the United States there's no there's not supposed to be any monopolies even though there's a lot of them but technically they're not supposed to be any monopolies because the market share value should never be like no one company should have 51% 51% or more of the market share value and even getting to that level is extreme so that's what Epic Games CEO was saying that Apple had basically too much powers fast forwarding into June 23rd he tweeted again saying that basically going to Apple again saying that the third party and apps and stores is the only way to ensure a competitive healthy and fair app economy so basically trying to hammer home the fact um, that Apple is monopolizing the way they push out other games through other platforms well no through the platform basically if you come to Apple saying hey I want my app to be on your store apple's like okay give me this much and epic games was trying to say that system's so huge they don't have to pay that well they shouldn't have to pay that but so we get into july 24th okay it's just talking about he so he's been going at apple for a while even before apple took them off the um off their store he's been going at them a, a, for a long time saying that they've that he's that apple's locked down and crippled it ecosystem like this is word for word what he said by inventing an absolute monopoly on the distribution <laughs> i messed that word all the way up anyways the dis distribution of software and on the monetization of software and this is huge for those that don't know like epic games is a huge business right now but compared to apple like you would think you look at certain people and they even worth millions billions of dollars and then you look at apple you're like oh that's not even like Apple, what Epic Games has made is nothing compared to Apple. So that's why it seems um, so one-sided. But then fast forward and, and then now we get into the month of August, August 1st, 1st, he tweets out again saying that Apple has an anti-competitive strategy going at them again for Monopoly. So he just keep going at them, going at them, going and, and just going. August 13th, Epic Games introduces, this is when it gets interesting epic games introduces a direct payment in the form fortnite app to take away from apple's cut of of the apple take away from the cut of their of epic games fans going and purchasing their v bucks so trying to completely cut out apple's portion of the pie with this v bucks system well not v bucks v bucks been around but basically the in-app direct pay system and then Apple came 
like this is when apple had enough they came back and said that it violates apple's app store review guidelines and also said it indicates that the apps is offering in-game currency and they said that they must use apple's in-app purchase purchase mechanism only so basically epic game ceo tim sweeney was setting up for this but as soon like the day that they did it apple came out I was like no this violates the terms of service we're taking you off the app store And then that's why Epic Games came out and said how much Apple and Google was taking. And they, they said that they was taking 30% of the of the in-app purchases and saying that that was a lot to be taking from their fans going into their app and buying something instead of going through the Apple store. But Apple wasn't trying to hear any of that, obviously, as they removed Fortnite from the app store. And then a whole statement came out. From the company saying that Epic Games took the unfortunate step. <laughs> Listen to this wording. <laughs> Epic Games took the unfortunate step of violating the App Store guidelines that were applied and equally applied equally to every developer and designed to keep the store safe for our users. And then they gave a full statement, but that was the gist of it. Basically saying that Apple came out and said Epic thought they was bigger than they uh, thinks they bit. Let me try to phrase this right. Apple came out and said that Epic Games thought that they was bigger than they were. So Epic, so Apple showed them that they basically don't need them and took them off the App Store, which is it definitely um, hurts Apple's pockets, but not to the amount that hurts Epic Games. And so that's why they pulled this move. And then as soon as like you got to understand, like the whole timeline of this is very interesting because Epic Games like the months before not not the months before but when the tweets before what i was talking about with the ceo of epic games he was setting up for this so he knew that this was going to come so right after Ep apple said that epic games came back with a lawsuit against apple and describing the company as a monopoly power once again saying that it has unfair and anti-competitive competitive actions saying quote apple has become what it once rallied against the behemoth seeking to control markets block competition and stifle inf innovation stifle or stifle i don't know whatever <laughs> epic games also shared a video saying that the 1980 1980 fortnite pa parodying the apple's iconic so this is when they got petty they parried a, a famous apple commercial saying that apple was the evil big brother or something like that and then apple uh, epic said that they aim to show that apple is a monopoly saying quote epic games has defied the apple store monopoly in retaliation apple is blocking fortnite from a billion devices join the fight oh okay so this is where the parody steps in epic games put out a basically a propaganda type trailer putting apple in a bad light so they were speaking as apple the evil version of them saying that epic games has defied the app the app store monopoly in retaliation apple is blocking fortnite from a billion devices join the fight to stop 2020 from becoming 1984 so this is a huge battle as you can say like epic is a huge like at first it was going who was it going at first epic was going up against steam when they created the pc online store platform with, with games but now i think they kind of beat steam out not beat them like completely but they're, they're in a good sitting right now in that market and never and nobody thought they would be so now they're taking the time to go at apple 
hoping they win this fight too. Coming out with all type of propaganda trailers and everything, just making fun of Apple, which in my opinion is not going to do them any favors of getting back on the Apple App Store. So I, I wonder what the what the angle is with that. I think they're trying to. Um, I think they're trying to bring together the fans to, to go at Apple in some form or fashion. But basically, they were saying that, well, that's exactly what they wanted to do, uh, what they wanted the fans to do as Epic Games came out and encouraged Fortnite players to fight against Apple's app tax by using the hashtag free Fortnite on social platforms. So basically, Epic Games tried to turn this into a whole social movement saying free Fortnite, which is... uh pretty interesting to, to put that out in the in the times we are now now and and i don't know it's just that that part's kind of weird but i mean epic saying by any means necessary to take down apple or to a certain extent take down apple and then they came out with another statement saying that all mobile developers and consumers have the right to choose alternative payments providers that charge less as in the norm on all all other general purpose computing platforms including web windows and mac and then they go on to talk about how apple even allows amazon prime video to process payments directly but not them so basically pointing out the hypocrisy and the rules that they set for certain publishers and this is where it gets interesting i guess epic friends called on some powerful friends well quote unquote powerful they called on spotify to back them up so spotify came out with a statement saying that they side with epic games or something like that but you know, of course, Spotify was going to say that. I mean, they're in direct competition with Apple. Google wasn't going for that. They removed Fortnite from the Play Store. <laughs> Epic Games files a similar anti-competitive lawsuit against Google. So Epic Games is going up against Google, Apple, and that's one of the hardest. Like, if you go up against Google and Apple, you've automatically lost. I know they say, like... Um, I know people love underdog underdogs, but Epic Games is not going to win this lawsuit as Google and Apple probably has hands everywhere, even in the courtroom. Tim Sweeney tweeted out again saying that today Apple said Epic is seeking a special deal, but that's not true. We're fighting for open platforms and policy changes equally benefiting all developers. And then he'll say it'll be a huge fight, but he'll... Huge, replace that with the other H word, expletive. So, getting into the August 14, this is when it uh, kind of blows over, not blows over, but some time moves past that huge day where all this happened. So, all this happened on, if you want to look this up, all this happened on August 13th, Apple versus Fortnite. So, if you want to look, well, not Fortnite, Apple versus Epic Games. So, if you want to look that up, because Epic Games doesn't just have Fortnite, it has a lot of other games. And that's how they was able to open the PC online store. So throughout the, the months, well, throughout the days of August, Tim Sweeney came out again just talking about how we're fighting for the creators. You know, the whole creators fight almost sound like <laughs> Epic Games almost sound like the the, the business, the multi-billion version of, of Joe Budden coming out saying like, this fight is for the creators. Y'all need to be with us. And, and I, I don't know. It's just weird. Like. On one hand, I could feel where they're coming from. On the other hand, to go up against Apple and Google, like, your business is, is I don't know how long. Like, it, it's to the point that when you go up against Apple and Google, I don't know how long your company is going to last, let alone Fortnite. 
because Apple and Google could easily blacklist, uh, blacklist you from all sorts of other deals. So going deeper into August, Epic Games, wait, hold on one second. Okay, going into August, Epic Games even put out more free Fortnite hashtags and, and had tournament cups to, to try to build up the hype and build up the awareness of them being done terrible by, uh, by Apple. Then they came out August 26th saying that the next season would not be available on for players on iPhone, iPad, or, I, or Mac due to the company's legal battles, which is huge. Like, that's crazy. I know a lot of people who play the Fortnite on the uh, phones, but that's just insane. Like, that's a huge market that you can't even tap into because you're beefing with two of the biggest conglomerates in the world. And then Epic Games came out and said double, uh, du they doubled down on the fact that Fortnite would not be on Apple, well, phones or Macs because Apple blocked them from updating on iOS and Mac and li and they limit oh and then they went back into saying Apple limits competition and stuff like that that August 28th Apple completely terminated Epic Games developer account tied to Fortnite so that's that's gone <laughs> if you like if you had any like hopes that Apple and Fortnite Apple and Epic Games may make up that, that that was gone with that final move August 28th so that's when that all ended I mean obviously obviously we're in September now so we'll see where that goes but as far as the, the battle between Epic Games and Apple and Google it doesn't look like Epic Games is going to be on iPhones uh, anytime soon so they're going to have to stick to console or <laughs> Try to come out with their own Epic Games phone. Who, who's trying to buy Epic, uh, uh, Epic phone? <laughs> but yeah, the Epic Games is in some trouble. Beefing with Apple and Google is not the smartest business business decision. I don't care how much the, the percentage they're taking. So yeah, that's really that's really the whole timeline of Apple versus Epic Games. Um, let me know down the comment. Well, I keep saying the YouTube version of this, but basically for the podcast, let me know on my social media as you can find in my link tree in my bio. Click on one of those, whatever social media you want to uh, direct message me at. Let me know what do you think of Apple and Epic Games beef, the Apple versus Epic Games beef. And did I cover it? Did I cover it well enough for the people who is asking for this topic because. I try to do a little research and, and break down the timeline in, in, in simple, the, the most simplistic way I, I could. So I try my best. Let me know in, in my social media. Also share this podcast to people who enjoy gaming, uh, game talk and just the game enjoys looking and looking and hearing what the in detail gaming industry takes are because that's what I try to provide. And let me know if I did that. If I did the Apple versus Epic Games beef justice in this segment. So, uh, yeah, that's all I want to say. Make sure to share this podcast. Uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit and get. Hold on, let's switch it up a little bit. One second. Okay. Getting into music. 
this is one of the biggest albums that came out personally to me definitely not numbers wise but we're going to get into that and one of the artists one of my favorite rappers right currently big sean finally dropped the album after dropping an album i think in 2015 when i was still in high school like that was insane um so it's been like five years i believe five six years i don't know yeah five years since big sean's put out a whole project and now he's came out with a new one a new one called uh detroit 2 through good music you know with kanye and all them he still he still associates with them so not in a bad way i'm just saying he associates with them <laughs> don't want people thinking i hate good music or something like that and basically the detroit 2 came out a lot of people saying it's solid a lot of people saying it's mediocre a lot of people well not a lot everybody can't a lot of people can't be saying everything some people are saying it's good a lot of people are saying it's mediocre me personally i think it's a great album but big sean's my favorite rapper so i may be a little tad bit biased but i try to keep it real for a look i try to get keep it real to a certain extent so big sean came out with the track list before he dropped the album and one of the things that stood out to me right away was the features there are so many features on this album and i think that's because of big sean's struggles on the billboard charts like unlike drake unlike kendrick and unlike travis scott big sean can't really drop an album by himself and it just stay on the top 10 like he needs help to a certain extent so all these features scream to me label because his label probably told him hey over time what you put out i think he put out late last year early this year that didn't chart well he put out another song with asap ferg berserk i think that didn't chart well he came out uh he put so many features on different albums those didn't chart well came out with the record with nipsey that didn't chart well came out with like you see where i'm going like when I say don't chart well, like he sells good, but he doesn't sell great, if that makes sense. So he came out with Harder Than My Demons, which I think is the the song that label the label wanted him to put out when he put out the Nipsey record. They wanted him to put out Harder Than My Demons for the single. So when the Deep Reverence track with Nipsey kind of not flopped, but didn't perform the way that Big Sean type like big a big sean type artist should sell they put out harder than my demons try to make up for the lost single sales because if you don't know when you put out a single it's kind of like adding sales to your album before it comes out so that's why a lot of people why why a lot of artists put out a single and then wait a little bit because the whole collective of sales that add up from that song gets put into the album so the album looks better sales wise sales wise than it would otherwise so Put out harder than my demons it did all right it didn't do like it basically did what all the other songs did so the labels like so all the features like i bet you some of these features was probably on the back burner for the deluxe but as soon as they saw that the harder than my demons didn't chart like that they was like forget it throw all the features on there and try to get all the help you can to make these album sales look great so I mean, he has so many features. He has he has nips. Well, we're gonna get into the track list, but basically, 
I wanted to point out that the label probably had him put all these features on here because in my opinion when I was listening to the album it just made me think like what would the album sound like if it was just Big Sean like his verses on this album are so intricate and different flow patterns that it just the, the features don't take away from it but it just basically because it's 21 songs so Big Sean definitely has his fair share of verses uh, of time to like captivate his audience but all the features kind of waters down the album as a whole because once you get to 21 tracks even though he's begun been even though he hasn't put out a project in five years it's still like why are you putting out this many songs like do you really think people is going to sit like because a fan hardcore fan like me will listen to this like i've listened to this album at least 15 times whole like through the whole thing 15 times at least probably way more than that the average fan is going to look at the 21 tracks and just skip to their favorite songs like they're not going to listen to the whole thing in full so that's why i saw that's why when i saw all the features on there and the whole 21 songs i was like okay they're definitely going for sales then the album came out <laughs> and not to say that it didn't sell well but it didn't it's not getting the number one album the number one album is going to somebody we're going to talk about towards the end of this podcast called six nine he's gonna have the number one album but big sean's gonna have the number two album which is not bad because he could end up if he keeps pushing this album the way what i think the label is going to he could he, he could come back and get a number one in his second week but for his first week, him not getting number one is a huge blow. Because like I said, his, his solo songs doesn't chart well. But he has so many features on this album. One of these feature type songs has to blow up. So I think that the song with Travis and the song with Post Malone would do great. Because those artists sell like crazy. So I could see him getting a number one for a second week. But like nobody would have to drop in, in the next in the next Thursday night. It would, nobody big would have nobody big if if somebody if a big artist puts out music next week I don't think Sean's gonna get the number one for his album but I know his label cares about this I cares about that obviously because of the track listing and, and the features but as far as Big Sean himself I don't really think he cares about that too much I was listening to a bunch of interviews and he was just happy to, he was just happy of putting this out like he was just he was saying that this album made him happy, basically. <laughs> and I mean, he's totally changed since Detroit One back in his uh, mixtape days. I think Detroit One came out like eight years ago. So for Detroit Two to come out, he said just fulfilled his uh, dreams of of uh, bringing that series full circle. So now we're gonna get into the track listing and we're gonna get into my what I actually think about the whole album. So we're gonna go track by track, but don't worry, I know it's 21 tracks. We're not gonna get I'm not gonna give a deep dive on every track. Some I'm just gonna say it's cool and move on. But starting with the first track, this was definitely more than cool. This was one of the best tracks on the album. You know, Big Sean really knows those the type of caliber rapper that Big Sean is, the the intro is always good. Like it's never bad. Big Sean, Drake, Kendrick, they always have great intros to the albums. And it's and it's solely because they know how to rap and they know how to put a song together. So Why Would I Stop is a great song with him and Hit Boy. And 
yeah, it was, it was it was one of the best tracks on the album. Definitely came out hard. The 808s was hitting. It's one of the tightest 808s I've ever heard, and that's probably nerd talk because y'all probably don't care about that. But Hit Boy did an album with Nas, and that album was great. If y'all want to listen to that, I forget what it's called. It's crazy. I forget what it's called. And I, I love the album. Uh, one second. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. I think the album is... Okay, the album's called King's Disease. So if y'all want to look that up for yourself, the album is called King's Disease. And Hit Boy produced that whole album. It's basically like a Hit Boy and Nas type joint, type project. And they did their thing on that. It was probably one of the best albums of this year, if I'm not... If I'm not... If I remember... It's one of the... One of the best albums, I believe. It's now in my top five, but it's one, it's one of the best. I'm going to get into my top five probably probably towards the end of this year. Because this podcast is not even like... This podcast is doing... Like, also, let me stop. Uh, the people who watch this... Or not watch. <laughs> the people who listen to this podcast, I appreciate y'all a lot. Because like, this... The, the format of this is, is so much more... Um, so much more is intuitive the right word i don't know than the youtube platform like the way that this works and the and the way i put these out and the, the way it gets the, the way people uh take it in and actually absorb the content like people on youtube you like you put something out and they just skip the whole thing and put like and, and just basically comment what they want to comment but for the podcast format you actually had to put in work to find my uh social media and and let me know or, or not let me know but give me a uh, feedback so the feedback is more substance because you have to go through all that to get feedback so i appreciate y'all who actually listen and give me feedback throughout the uh, podcast but anyways getting back into the uh big sean album don't want to get too much into the uh get back get, i don't even know what i'm saying <laughs> lucky me uh, the second track on the album this is one of the ones that it, it was cool to me i've heard it before uh he put out a little snippet and then it basically ended up on the album so i heard this before lucky me was just him rapping over i just gave hit boy credit but this is one, one of the most like put me to sleep type beats ever like lucky me that beat selection just whew, i don't know if he was going for the Nas effect of having great lyrics but having a trash beat but i don't know okay anyways um, and Hit Boy didn't only produce that. Somebody else produced it. So usually Hit Boy only produced songs I liked on this album. Getting to the third track, Deep Reverence featuring Nipsey Hussle. Like I said, that song came out as a single, didn't perform well, and it came out with Harder Than My Demon. But that's later on this track list. Getting into number four, Wolves featuring Post Malone. This is one of the standouts on the album, in my opinion. The dynamic that Big Sean and Post Malone had was probably unexpected because I was thinking that Post Malone would come in with a hook and Big Sean would just rap. But the way that they did it, it, it was kind of that, but they switched it up a little bit to have more chemistry. Like they went back and forth in the chorus a little bit. We're not back and forth. They uh, Post Malone was kind of in the background, just ad-libbing what Big Sean was saying. And that was great because Big Sean had a verse, Post Malone had a verse. Post Malone went crazy on his verse. Uh, but that, the song as a whole was definitely a, stand, uh, a standout. So when I heard the song, I was like, okay, the album's picking up. Then we get into Body Language, number five on the track. Then you have uh, Big Sean, Janae Aiko, and Ty Dolla Sign. And that was that was a great track. Like It was just smooth throughout the whole track. Not really too much to say about that. Big Sean and Je- Janae Aiko obviously have chemistry. <laughs> so um, 
they they did the thing on that track it's just a smooth track throughout the whole like the chorus is smooth everything about the track just is smooth like basically story by Chappelle Dave Chappelle talked about uh, advice his uh, Big Sean's dad gave him after bomb, bombing a, a show in Detroit I believe so it's just a story about Dave Chappelle and the, the reason that he had this people may be like why do you have another man talking and not even the track and Detroit, the original Detroit, had stories from other famous people. Well, I don't even know if they was all famous, but they had stories. So basically with Detroit 2, they kind of uh, copied that format of the album. So for this album, they had a story by Dave Chappelle, a story by Stevie Wonder, a story by Erica Badu. But that's later in the album. Then we get into the second single that they put out after the Nipsey track kind of flopped. Harder than my demons just didn't really perform the way that I thought it would because this is one of my uh, favorite tracks on the album as well. Once I heard this uh, as a second single, I was like, okay, well, he really has some stuff on this album if he if he's putting this as a second single. So that's why I knew the album was in good hands when I heard this track. Not that I didn't did with the Nipsey, I just didn't want him with too many features, which obviously ended up having so many features anyway. Then you get into everything that's missing. I think this starts with an interlude with his dad. Like, I think his dad starts off talking on this. I think his dad starts off talking on this track, but if I'm not. Mm, I don't know. I don't really know too much about this track. It's kind of forgettable to me, but it's not bad. It's just okay. Getting into Zen, well, Zen, the, um, the expletive out. So, uh, ZTFO, to keep it short, was cool. a cool track produced by no idea that's that's huge and big sean did his thing on that album like the big sean did his thing on that track not album sorry but the, the track was all right it was cool not nothing too special a lot of my friends really like this track like they say that this is one of the best but i don't know i, I think it's all right <laughs> i don't think it's too i don't think it's too crazy but i don't think it's bad i think it's it i think it's a great transition to the next track <laughs> that sounds so bad <laughs> Number 10, we have Guard Your Heart featuring Anderson Pac, um, Early Mac, and Wale. This this track was cool. I think Wale had the best verse on this album. <laughs> best, uh, best, I can't even talk. Best verse on this track, not album. Definitely not this album. Not to say Wale's a ba bad rapper, but he's he was he was a standout on this track. So the song was just cool. Um, and then we get into my favorite track on the album. And I'm actually going to play this because I have... I'm actually, this is going to be one of the songs I play a snippet of because this is my favorite track on the album. This is Big Sean, Young Thug, and Hit Boy. So, throughout this whole album, like the whole theme of respect, and even Young Thug, his verse is has actual substance. Not saying that Young Thug raps without substance, but just saying that he has more than he usually has for some, like some songs he just comes out and say, like, y'all know how Young Thug is. <laughs> But um, this song, Young Thug was in this conscious bag, and the the way that they, they bounced off each other, well, not they didn't really bounce. It, the way that the song formatted, it, it was it was great and kept me engaged throughout the whole, I think four minutes of this track. Like this is my favorite track of the album because it's just a great theme. Like it's a great theme, and I love great themes that's replayable. That's replayable. Those are my favorite track type tracks. Something that everybody can relate to, but also has that bop that makes it relatable. And now I'm about to play a little bit of the song to let y'all to let y'all know a little bit of what I'm talking about. First, I'm going to make sure 
make sure I play the right part. These are going to be the explicit version because I couldn't find the clean version. I didn't feel like looking it up on YouTube. So for those that have uh, soft ears <laughs> and don't want to hear any uh, too much cursing for this album, yeah, for this album, we, we just got to live with uh, Big Sean cursing. Well, not in some other people, but we're going to get into that. Big. Okay, one second. I just totally missed that whole thing. Okay. Trying to navigate Spotify is kind of hard. Speaking of Spotify, do y'all watch the uh, Joe Budden sh uh, podcast? He definitely, he's definitely going at Spotify right now. I don't know. Kind of like the Epic Game situation. Like, I don't really know where he thinks he's going to go with that. But anyways, okay. I got the respect it queued up in the part I want to play. So, here you go right now. You can listen to the one of the... This is a snippet of my favorite track on Detroit 2. Can't no, body, do me dirty, bitch. All that fake shit over, we don't take, we take shit over. Army, Navy, paper soldiers, cut the grass and face the cobras. I'm a walking bucket list, product of my suffering. Kobe at the record, bitch. Tripling, doubling, running and shit. I learned that praying is got ammunition. Please let it rain down till it drown on my city. The fruits of my labor came all to fruition. You talking about I, you ain't got no vision. We not me, little bitch. Built like we sell bricks. Fuck blogs, read my lips. Doing me dirty, the only thing that you won't do in this bitch. Bitch. So as you can tell, um, that was definitely the explicit version. <laughs> but uh, the reason why I say this is my favorite like track on the album is because like, in that I think it was twenty to thirty seconds I just played, he had three to four different flows. And for people who don't rap, it's kind of like, uh, well, so what? But the people who like pay attention to that type of stuff, like that's not easy. You don't just go in the booth and write, okay. This is, I want to do a flow here and then flow here. Like, people just stick to one flow and then that's it throughout the whole song. And that 30 to 40 seconds, he had four different flows, which is, in my opinion, is, is really hard to do. And really makes him, that's why I, he's my favorite rapper, because I believe he's one of the best rappers of all time. Not in the top five, I'm not saying nothing crazy like that, not even my top ten, but I'm just saying he's one of the best. So, um... Getting into the next track, Lithuania featuring Travis Scott, produced by Hit Boy, of course. Um, this track was really good. I don't know if this is one of my... Yeah, okay, this is one of my standouts, so I'm going to play a little snippet from this. This this is my second favorite track, I think, on the album. And the funny thing about this is the back-to-back -back Respected and Lithuania are back-to-back. -back. So this is my favorite sequence of the whole entire album. Actually, sometimes when I pull up the album, I just go straight to Respected and let it play out and then start from the beginning. So this is my favorite sequence on the album. Travis Scott does his thing, but speaking of flows, when I talked about with respected, this is one of the reasons why I really like um, Big Sean's the way he raps, like in general, because the way he picked this flow on this track is just crazy. So I'm gonna play this little snippet that has a little bit of the flow that I'm talking about. But for the most part, uh, Travis Scott was on another song I, f I forget, but he was rapping and he was kind of in the background, so it wasn't like I think it was on ZTFO. He was in the background giving ad-libs, but he wasn't really like, um, like he didn't give a verse. So that was kind of weird. <laughs> I was like, why would he be in the background vocals but not give a voice? But that, I think that goes, I think that ties back to my theory of, of Big Sean not being able to like carry songs on his own on the charts, the Billboard charts. They try, try to put like Travis Scott in the background to kind of have like a, a, um, a pop effect. So like, he could chart by himself but i don't know that's just my theory of how big sean has trouble charting by himself but anyways this is a little snippet from lithuania this is my 
second favorite track on the album. I haven't really ranked these yet. I know Respect is my favorite, but Lithuania is, is up there. So let's play that snippet right now. That was just insane. Hold on, we, we gotta run that back. That was that was just insane. That's my I think that's my favorite like verse on the album. Like not my favorite verse. That's my favorite flow on the album. And people be like, what you listen to flows? Like I really like I be deep diving into the the way these rappers like put together songs. Like it's, it's very interesting to me to say the least. But we have to run that back. Let's run it back one more time. I loved it. I love this whole flow. Little bitch, don't talk to me like I'm not me. Graveyard up late, shit, I'm with the zombies. Going insane, hard to contain. Came as a beat, my heart is the same. You know it's flame. If I'm in this hoe, it's Scotty. Long list of problems, long list of blessings. Making sure the first one never I wait a second. Yeah, military with the tactics, multi millions, multi facets. She like Prince and Michael Jackson, purple rain and mirrors. Dancing savage, Fenty matching with the lingerie socks. Uh, yeah, that's that's even listening back to it. Like, I just want to keep replaying it. Like, that's that's insane. Like, that flow pattern. That's that's insane. That's something special right there. <laughs> like y'all can tell I'm, I'm a huge like y'all can tell Big Sean is my favorite rapper by my voice right now. Like that that flow's incredible. Okay. Anyways, let, let me get to the next before I replay that again. So that was Lithuanian featuring Travis Scott. That was that that verse was towards the end of the song, like the last thirty seconds. Well, no, not the last thirty seconds. I don't know. It was towards the end of the song. Then we get the full circle by featuring Diddy Wayne, uh, Diddy and Key Wayne, and I'm not gonna lie, probably my my, uh, in my opinion, probably the worst track on the album. Like, and it's not even because of Big Sean. It's, it's because like why you why you got Diddy? Like it's the Birdman effect. Like why like when Lil, Lil Wayne's put Birdman on his tracks, like why is he there? Like he's not a rapper. I mean he may be a rapper. I don't want you know old heads gonna come out. Hey, you don't remember Diddy was rapping with Biggie and it was in the studio. He was rap writing sixteens for Biggie and and Jay Z. No, okay, I don't really, I don't care about none of that. <laughs> Full circle, Diddy ruined that whole entire song. Like I listen to all, I listen to every time I listen to the album, and I get to that song, I play it to Diddy's part where he's talking about. I love you like my first million. I just cut it off. I'm like, ain't nobody trying to hear that. Ain't no, nobody's trying to hear that. Getting into the time in. Getting into number 14. Time in featuring 2088. This is basically uh, Big Sean, Janae, Aiko. Like I said, they have chemistry. <laughs> but uh, this song was cool. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. Story by Erica Badu. I mean, it's a story by Erica Badu. I don't really know too much of what she was saying. You know, she be trying to uh, uh, hypnotize people through her words and stuff. So. I don't know. You got to watch out for her. Anyways, number 16, Feed. Solid. Number 17, The Baddest. I liked what he did. Produced by No ID. I like what No ID did. I, I like what No ID and Big Sean did with the concept of this. I think Big Sean said he had a live Detroit band, band or some type of famous band play the whole uh, beat out and just rapped over it. So that was crazy. He said that 
I think he said that took the longest to produce on this album. So that song, The Baddest, took the longest to produce on Detroit 2. And you can definitely hear it when you listen back. And then we're almost done. Like, that's what I'm saying. 21 tracks is just too much. Like, it's too much, man. Not for me, but I, I think from a general consumer, the common consumer, it's, it's too much for them. <laughs> it's, it's basically too much. You got to be like Chris Brown to do that. And even then, they be saying he go crazy. But anyway, 18, we get to Don Life featuring one of my favorite rappers of all time, Lil Wayne. Uh, Lil Wayne definitely out-rapped Big Sean on this album, but I'm, I'm not. I keep saying album. Out-rap Big Sean on this track, but Big Sean always sets himself like even with Kendrick, he always sets himself up. He goes first and then he just gets out rap. Like he needs to go last whenever he has these type of rappers on the track. And then number 19. My uh third favorite. Well, in in the context of this podcast, this is my third favorite track off the album. And it's the Friday Night Cypher. Because when I tell you I've never listened to a song. But how long is this song? Hold on, I'm finna play this. I'm, I'm finna play the star. Y'all gonna hear a little bit of it. I'm, I'm just playing it for the minutes. One second. Okay, this song is nine minutes and twenty eight seconds. I've never listened to a nine minute twenty eight second song in my life. Anyways, okay, get into the <laughs> get into the uh, Friday Night Cipher. So this is uh, probably my third favorite track in the context of this podcast. The, my third favorite track on the album. And that's because of uh, the, the Royce to Five Nines uh, verse on on the album, like, well, not album on the track. It's nine minutes and twenty eight seconds. So if you want to skip to it, I believe it's like, cause I have it marked on here. I think it's the five minute fifty eight second, five minutes and fifty eight second uh, mark. And then he goes to like six twenty eight. I'm gonna play his snippet. When it doesn't go to six twenty eight, it goes longer than that. But that's the snippet I'm going to play. I think he had the best verse on this. Um, Friday Night Cipher is one of the best tracks off of this album in my opinion so that's why i highlighted to play a little snippet of it but so y'all can hear that right Hold up. first i'm gonna go to it but let me know so me going through this track list let me know what is what is your favorite track off the album and who do you think had the best verse on the album like was it big shot because big shot obviously it was his album he had a lot of verses but some of the verses on this album is really good. Like he has some, even though I don't like all the features he had on the album, the verses, the features that he did have definitely came with their best material. So here I'm talking, I haven't even put it, uh, went to Royce's verse yet, but this one, the, this might be the, now I wouldn't say this is the best verse on the album, but this is up there. This is definitely top three verses on this entire album, Big Sean included. So this is uh, Royce the Five Nines part right quick. I'm gonna go to it. I don't think y'all can hear it right quick. One second. Okay, I'm unmuted so y'all can hear it. This is the snippet from Friday, Friday Night Cypher featuring like 50 million other rappers. But this is my favorite uh, verse off the, off the track. Name a nigga out of the D as solid as me. I unlocked a lot of dollars, nigga, knowledge is key. I did it all without a college degree. I went from high to sign artist, Don Dada to G. Street Lord, rock bottom, Godfather and P. D boy, rock Waller, shine side and T. Standing on the corner three days. Phone is on Motorola prepaid. Deodora or Gold Elise's. These are order from the older East Bay's. Cheese the rolling with the owners or the Lise's. A kind man knows a blind man holds grudges. A wise man knows a wise man knows nothing. I so as you can tell, Royce the Five Nine definitely went crazy on that song. Um, 
the, the wise man bar is probably the standout to me. Talking about wise man knows a wise man knows nothing. I, I like that bar. Cause he, he always just has those little huge gems in his uh in his in his verses. But the verse wasn't too long. None of these verses were too long. I mean it was a nine minute and twenty-eight seconds song. So every rapper, there's a lot of rappers on this. Like if I went through the whole list, it'll be too much. But I think it's like T Grizzly. I'm not even gonna try. I know Eminem basically the standouts on this track that you need to know is Eminem, of course, he's the last verse on this album. Keep saying album. Last verse on this track. Big Sean goes like in the middle of this track. Uh Royce the Five Nines goes Royce the Five Nine goes like right before M. Not right before. What is it? Uh Royce the Five Nine goes right before Eminem. Cash Doll goes second at the start of this track. And she has a surprisingly has a very interesting verse. Um I think T, T Grizzly starts off this track. I'm not too sure about that. But anyways, um, so yeah, that's how I feel about the third, in my opinion, the third best track on this album. Um, then getting into the story by Stevie Wonder. It's a story by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I don't really have too much to say about that. Uh, Stevie Wonder. I think I think Big Sean had a bar about him like saying that Stevie Wonder can see, but so that that kind of threw me off when they collaborated on this. But I don't know. I guess Stevie Wonder got over that something like that. Anyways, imagine telling a blind man he can see like. That's so disrespectful. Anyways, uh, getting to the last track off the album, Still I Rise. Um, every time I listen to, uh, no, every time I read Still I Rise, I always think about that verse. I don't know who it came from. I think it was like Still I Rise, uh, Maya Angelou vibes. Yeah, I definitely think I botched that whole thing. Anyways, that was the last track off the album. Not really too much to say about that track because um, I don't really think Big Sean... I mean, he always does good on his outros, but I don't really think that was his strongest outro. Like, I decided, I think he had the, the Bigger Than Me, I think that's what the song was called. Like, that outro was way better than this outro. So, not not saying he fell off with outros, because that's a real specific complaint, but uh, the album outro didn't really do too much for me. It basically just got me back to the beginning, because like I said, I've listened to this album so many times, so I just had this on repeat. But, um, so yeah, that's my uh, album, re Detroit 2 review. My favorite track off of this was Definitely Respected, um, featuring Young Thug. Second favorite track was the Lithuania joint with Travis Scott. And third was the Friday Night Cypher, just because a 9 minute and 28 seconds should not keep my attention for that long. Like, I've never listened to a song that long, and I've listened to that song multiple times. Eminem's verse is really strong on that. I mean, I don't even know why I said that. Eminem always has a strong verse. So, but that, uh, yeah, that's all I really had about to say about that. It's it's tough. It's it's really tough being a big Sean fan because him not outselling six nine is just man, that's tough. I mean, Alex, the six nine, we're gonna get into six nine uh, to the later part of this podcast. But six nine sold like one hundred fifty thousand first week, so he's gonna have a number one. Which is crazy. I, I don't even. I ain't really listen to it. I listen. Well, we're gonna get into it, <laughs> basically. But yeah, so Big Sean's gonna come number two this week. Hopefully, he can come number one next week if a big artist doesn't drop. But I highly doubt it. As what I said, like what I said at the beginning of this uh, review, Big Sean doesn't really do a chart well on a Billboard by himself. But with with features, I believe that this may carry him to a number one in week two. So, um, share this podcast to people who like in-depth music reviews like this and just like talking about or hearing about music. Um, keep 
sending topics in and, and telling me letting me know what you think of um just let me know what topics you want me to like to cover like the apple versus epic games thing like that was a huge thing that like i've, I've never got like a, a recommendation for a topic before but keep sending those in my link tree in my bio um direct direct message me on any of those social media platforms so that was the my big sean detroit 2 review and now we're gonna switch it up right quick I don't know if I'm pull this up so we can switch it up. I'm gonna switch it up right quick. Getting into gaming, starting with the well, not starting with. We're gonna get into Gotham Knights DC and Suicide Squad. Basically, uh, DC had this little event. Not little. I'm a huge Marvel fan, so like anything I say, like sometimes people who like actually know me, they listen to this, be like, "Man, you always calling uh, DC uh, uh, some." Actually, they just, they just be talking. Like, I don't really be uh, hating on DC at all. But, it, like, stuff like Little be, like, triggering them like crazy. But, anyways, DC had this little event. I said it again. Anyways, we're going to rock with it. DC had this event basically talking about Gotham Knights, Suicide Squad, in the midst of the Marvel Avengers rollout. So, just to show you how petty DC is, they, they put this specifically in the middle of the Marvel Avengers rollout just because they wanted them to understand that they had a better RPG game than them. <laughs> and from the looks of it, we're, we're gonna, um, a Marvel Avengers review is coming soon, but you know, I have to actually, I have to actually play the game to review it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're not gonna get into that right now, but basically the speculation was high about um, <clears throat> WB Games Montreal coming out with a Batman game. And also Rocksteady Studios, they're a part of that. But instead of that, they came out with gameplay trailers. Well, no, gameplay trailer for Gotham Knights and a trailer for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which is a surprising title. Um, and it, it's just funny that they, they put this down in the upcoming, in, in the midst of the rollout of, of Avengers, the Marvel Avengers. But anyways, Gotham Knights with WB uh, Games Montreal. It was coming up with a story basically after the death of Bruce Wayne. And so it's, it's in that universe after Dark Knights, I believe. I think this is right after Arkham Knights, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the main villains, the main villain looks like to be the Court of Owls, but there's a lot of other villains. The main protagonist of the game you'll be playing as is Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, and Red Hood. So there's four, just like Marvel Avengers. You know, it's kind of like hinting. But anyways, um, it's four of them. So basically, this is a multiplayer game. I don't know about the, I don't know how uh, heavy the RPG elements will be, but basically, this is following the the heroes is following the death of Jim Gordon. Um, I don't know too much about this game. But I was just reading uh, because of the, the the whole event. They said the multiplayer game will be drop in, drop out. So basically, you can play with people in missions or not like you can drop mitts the midst of a mission or or just basically you can join on a player in the campaign mid campaign and just pick up one of the four protagonists which i don't know how that'll work for the solo player aspect of the game like will you be able to switch between characters because i know for marvel avengers right now you, you cannot switch between players when you start a mission okay so basically they were saying that gotham knights is set in a different continuity than the previous batman games but still they're holding on to the fact that batman bruce wayne has died 
or died quotation marks you can't see my fingers but i'm putting no quotation marks there's no way batman's dead but anyways uh the focus in on rpg side of things i don't know how heavy they'll be but the game will contain like well, basic stuff, XP, leveling up, uh, skill points, all that, all the stuff that comes with making the game replayable. Um, not really too much. I mean, the game's coming out to Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, so, so the next-gen consoles. Also, they said they'll have a, a solid amount of details regarding the Gotham Knights soon. And a lot more of details coming out with the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Which I believe the Gotham Knights is coming before that game because they showed actual gameplay of Gotham Knights. They just showed a trailer of Suicide Squad. And the thing about the Suicide Squad trailer is they showed like an evil super not evil Superman, basically Superman doing evil things. So I don't know if he's mind controlled, but basically the, the trailer was uh, focused on Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark. And they was running around Metropolis doing a mission. And Superman showed up. They thought he was a good guy. He killed somebody. So it was like, I guess that's the target we have to take out. And then that's when the trailer ended. It, it feels more lighthearted, uh, the Suicide Squad trailer, than I just like, I don't know if the, the way I just said it makes it feel like a, a dark type uh, game, which I don't know because we haven't seen any gameplay of it. We don't know how dark it may be. But it seems like it's going for like a comedic type tone and it's not going for anything too crazy kind of like uh i i saw a lot of people comparing this to sunset overdrive so if you think about that tone of the game that's kind of what um this game is striving for i believe they say that these are next gen releases so it's surprising that we saw gameplay from gotham knights even though the gotham knights graphics look great way better than the marvel avengers but that that review's coming soon best believe me i'm a huge marvel fan so it's gonna be like a big shine type review um basically the four characters seem well the four characters i did watch the gameplay trailer the four characters has have specific skill sets i mean each one of them plays different the suicide squad trailer they say they say after the trailer that the developers were saying that the characters will fight accordingly to the playstyle or you know i mean basically um they'll have different playstyles. they say harley would be more acrobatic acrobatic Deadshot would be flying in the air with a jetpack, which is pretty cool. Uh, Captain Boomerang, nobody cares about him. King Shark. I don't know how the Suicide game is going to do. If that game does well, then not to be a DC hater, but like, who's really trying to play Suicide Squad? Like, who's really trying to play as King Shark? Like, if you're, if you're, if you're playing with your friends and you are left with the King Shark, you're probably the, the third or fourth wheel in that friend group. Just letting you know, straight up. <laughs> Anyways. Gotham Knights looks great though. I can't wait for that game to come out. But as far as Suicide Squad, the verdict's still out on that, in my opinion. Um, but this was long awaited. A lot of hype was building up to these releases of the gameplay trailer and the Suicide Squad trailer because of the heavy anticipation uh, following the, the Arkham trilogy with the Batman games. And because of that, these games received a lot of praise. Well, not a lot of praise, but definitely a lot of uh, um, attention because it was like Rocksteady's putting out another project after putting out the people call it a classic batman trilogy but in my opinion <clears throat> i played the first two batman games the first one's great but as far as the other two i mean it's nothing too crazy but it's also i mean it's a great game but look at me hating nah it's a great game I, i'm just playing um 
like I said, the way they frame this makes it looks like makes it look like they was trying to one up the Avengers rollout, saying that hey, we have an even better RPG. So whenever you're playing that trash, just let us know that. Well, just to let you know that we'll have an actual RPG coming out. Even though I don't think Avengers is trash, that's how they was probably thinking in their head. Let us show uh, Marvel how to make an actual RPG game in the midst of their rollout. Cause you know they was having trouble with the whole rollout with making Spider-Man exclusively for PlayStation players um, as DLC. You know it, it's just weird. I mean that game is going through a lot, but we're gonna get into that next podcast. <laughs> as far as this game, got some nice looks, promising. They made sure to state this is not a Batman game because you know people be like, oh okay, uh, like the, I'm gonna keep comparing this to Avengers, so you have to bear with me. Like the Avengers game. Uh, Captain America dies in the first like few minutes of the game but obviously he's coming back because he's on the cover and he's going to be playable well he is going to be playable because the developer said but as far as Gotham Knights Batman's nowhere near on the cover well we don't, we haven't seen the cover but basically this is not a Batman game or the end and this is not a Arkham Knight sequel so just putting that to rest for people who believe that this game will be one of those that they um uh, Put out and Batman just shows up randomly in the campaign. I don't think it's gonna work like that. I think you're gonna be stu- stuck with Batgirl or Batwoman. I don't know. Um, Red Hood, Robin, and Nightwing. So you're gonna be stuck with them throughout the whole campaign. So they they, they put that to rest real quick that Batman would not be in this game. Well, not that he won't be in this game. He may be in flashback or something, but he won't be a prominent player in this game. So it's really not too much with that. Um, the game looks, I mean, the, I mean, it looks alright. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a hater or nothing, but you know, I mean, Marvel Avengers is, is a game, like a live service game. So that's gonna continually get better. As far as Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad, it looks like it's gonna be one of those games that you play the campaign and you just you're done with it after that. So we'll see how they uh, market that one. But anyways, uh, switching gears a little. Well, okay. <clears throat> For those, uh, make sure I, I try to put this in after every segment just to, to get better with the, the, the plugins. Or people was telling me to plug it. Like people give me advice. Like, anyways, <laughs> um, make sure to share this pod- podcast with somebody who likes the in-depth uh, gaming talk about the gaming industry, and share this with somebody who likes Batman and just likes the Gotham family as a whole. And who also, even though I kind of um downgraded king shark and then captain boomerang boomerang or whatever who likes watching suicide squad because those are some of the subjects we get into on this podcast we always get into gaming so just share this podcast and let me know which game do you think would be better gotham knights or suicide squad let me know in my link tree and uh, one of my social medias and my link uh, link tree in my bio you can click one of those direct message me on any other social media platform and yeah that's it so now let's switch gears a little bit <clears throat> okay getting into the last little tidbit of the podcast the last segment of the podcast Getting into pop culture, we're going to talk about 6 9 versus Lil Durk. So, I put this in pop culture because this was one of, the, one of the biggest things talked about throughout the week. Of course, it was bigger, but since this is a music slash 
uh, gaming podcast. Whenever stuff pops up like this, I try to cover it because, you know, try to stay true to your roots, you know, a little bit. Like, don't want to always branch off. Like, I know I had the Will Smith stuff that went crazy a little bit. But as far as music, <clears throat> I try to stay with that. So if something pops up music-wise that I can't put in a music session, but it's still, uh, still popular, I try to talk about it in the pop culture. So basically, let me break this down. Lil Durk on Six Nine are beefing. Well, quote unquote beefing. Lil Durk said he stopped. Uh, Lil Durk also called himself a, a Chicago. Well, okay, let me let me slow down. <laughs> the timeline for this is Lil Durk put out was putting out a song called the Ver- the voice that a lot of people thought was an album six nine was putting out an album like i said in my big sean segment he outsold big sean like currently he's he's outsold big sean he will have the number one album people's thinking little dirk was gonna put out an album last thursday but he ended up having he ended up saying it was only a single People think he just went back because 6ix9ine was putting out an album, but he said that he was always going to put this out as a single. But we're just gonna take him as his word that he didn't wanna, that he wasn't avoiding 6ix9ine. He just slayed it. He only slayed it a single. So he put out the voice. Um, he said that that once, and then he tweeted out, you know, since they're beefing, the beefing because like 6ix9ine went to Chicago. 6ix9ine likes, um, like when he first came out, he was with the he was with the gang called Treyway. Then the FBI got involved and realized that the Treyway was actually doing gang-related type stuff. Uh, locked most of them up. Was gonna lock Six Nine up, but he snitched on everybody, so he got out free. Okay, now that we got that over, Lil Dirk is part of the streets, quote unquote. Not the not quote unquote. He's definitely a part of the streets. Um, has a lot of connects to the streets, so he doesn't mess with that tattletale like snitching. One of the most popular phrases that's popped up in uh, rap culture snitching he doesn't like that so 6ix9ine it's basically a snitch in his opinion and Lil Durk's opinion so um Lil Durk doesn't like it and he doesn't like him now so he put out that one song 6ix9ine obviously put out his album and he said that that he said that the voice the, the single he put out the voice he said that one thing he tweeted out one song better than a whole album I'm really the Chicago Jay-Z I'm just gonna let that like comparing yourself to Jay Z in any fast like any like why are you comparing yourself to Jay Z like come on Lil Durk like I like Lil Durk too but like to compare yourself to Jay Z you're just setting yourself up to like so much scrutiny because you're, you're rappers gotta understand they're nowhere they're nowhere near the level of Jay Z unless they own something as substantial as Jay Z has like Jay Z has title Jay Z at one point owned the Brooklyn Nets Jay Z's currently doing deals with NFL trying to do some justice reform basically not justice reform but basically trying to get some more justice for black people in the nfl even though people think he's like people think he's uncle tom in us or whatever but anyways Lil dirk's basically not the chicago jay-z like he may be the chicago Lil dirk like be himself but wanting to be other people I'm, I, i'll never understand why people want to be uh labeled as somebody else like why not just be yourself and I don't know, you know, these rappers are kind of confused <laughs> and the professional liars. Never forget that. So that's why professional liars is going to come throughout this segment. And you'll understand why when we get a little bit more into it. So basically, Lil Durk and 6 9 was trading shots over the internet. 6 9 went a little bit too far talking about some, I think, 
Lil Durk had some passed away family members. He was talking about, you know how disrespect. Well, for those who follow, because for those who don't, you don't have to follow Six Nine. It'll save you a lot of peace of mind. But basically, for those people who follow Six Nine, you know what he was saying about Lil Durk's passed away cousin, and he was definitely crossing the line. So Lil Durk stopped addressing uh, him. And but before that, they went back and forth on how the they, they went back and forth on numbers, which Lil Durk, I don't understand why he would go back and forth with 6ix9ine on numbers. Because 6ix9ine is a numbers guy and he's very smart when it comes to marketing and that type of sense. Lil Durk put out Laugh Now, Cry Later, his song with Drake talking about how uh, he's on number two in the world right now. So why he had to worry about a little person like 6ix9ine or something like that. And six nines came out, but Drake, you know what? Never mind. That's where he commented on his on uh okay, so academics posted Lil Dirk putting out Laugh Now Cry Later as a response to the six nine jabs. Basically saying that he has the number two out uh song in the world right now. And then Six Nine basically said Drake helped you out and you you couldn't get down your own. Then Lil Dirk came shot back and said but Nikki, never mind. And then basically saying that the song with trolls, I think it's uh, the song that's on. The reason why Al- Six Nine's album's doing great, the number one reason is because of trolls and Gooba. Gooba Six Nine was on the song by himself, so I don't get where Lil Durk's coming from. But trolls was with Nicki Minaj, so I do understand how that helped him out get a number one. Trolls did way better than Gooba, but Gooba still Gooba. <laughs> Six Nine's titles is so trash, but anyways, Gooba is one of the um, best-selling tracks off that album, and it's solely Six Nine. So I don't understand that argument he was trying to go. Then that's when Six Nine went the whole route of making fun of his uh, passed away cut, co- uh, passed away cousin, and also going out another rapper called Lil Reese that uh, Lil Durk is not associated with, but basically knows, and they were like they both are from Chicago, so I think they have mutual respect. <clears throat> so Lil Reese came in to defend Lil Durk, I think, a little bit. Uh, Lil Reese was going at uh, six nine, but basically six nine put out uh, this whole beef is just weird. Like, also, why would you want to beef with Lil Reese? Like, Lil Reese is actual like, like how is Lil Reese not in jail? <laughs> like, this man is. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to get put in the snitch category, but this man. All I'm saying is Lil Reese is surprising that he's not in jail. Um, make it that what you will. And then so after the six nine stuff with him talking about his passed away cousin, Lil Durk realized that you can't out troll this man. Like he's six nine is really one of the best marketing minds if you think about it. Like as far as the longevity, I don't know how how far he will go, but he's gotten to this point now where everybody's saying that his next year he's over. Like think about it, two years ago they were saying that he will only be here. And then he'll be gone by next year. Next year, they were saying he'll be gone by next year. And one in 2020. I think 6 9 came out like 2017, 2018. I'm not sure. Basically, 6 9 has made a lane for himself that he can stay around for a little bit. And Lil Durk realized that he can't troll this man. And it will only end up backfiring on him. So, I think he came up with it. I don't think this is the absolute truth. Lil Durk says... Little six nines camp often offered him three million to keep trolling him, so that's why he's that's why he's gonna stop all type of uh, responses to Takashi and, and stuff like that. But I don't think that I think the reason why he he just he just figured out that he couldn't win against six nine like six nines the type he'll keep going back and forth until the product that he's trying to sell 
the reason why he goes back and forth with people is to sell a product. Like if he didn't have an album coming out, he wouldn't be going as hard. But since he has an album coming out, he's going this hard for a reason. So he went at uh, Lil Durk, and Lil Durk just said that like his basically took the took the scapegoat route of of making Six Nines label the scapegoat and said that they was gonna give him three million to keep beefing with him, so he's not gonna mention him or speak of him anymore. And that was probably smart because if that would have kept going, 6ix9ine would have definitely rubbed it in his face that he's currently expected to out. Well, like I said in the previous my music segment with Big Sean, he's currently projected to outsell Big Sean first week sales, coming in at about a hundred and okay, a hundred fifty thousand first week. So he's expected to debut as number one. Academics tweeted out. And I think Big Sean is expected to do, do like 135. I'm not. I don't even know. There's a lot of six nine stuff on the screen. Did y'all even listen to six nine's album? Like it wasn't. It wasn't even that good. Like not even just trying to hate on it. It wasn't that good at all. But uh, anyways, and did you? Uh, yeah, that that album was. That album was not good, but um, people love trolls and people love to see a train wreck. So I think 6ix9ine, the way he's going right now, he had the little train wreck with the whole FBI situation. He got out of that by snitching. And now he didn't put himself on another track where he's eventually going to wreck again. And I don't know if he'll be able to cover, recover from this like he did the last um, situation. So yeah, share this podcast with somebody who enjoys listening to Lil Durk or enjoys 6 9 music and just let him send this segment to him uh, when this eventually comes. Right now, the full podcast is going to come out and then the second one's going to come out. So you can share this whole podcast and just uh, let him know the number he can listen to or whatever. But as far as the like Lil Durk 6 9 stuff, that segment's going to be coming uh, later throughout the week. So yeah, uh, let me know in my so on my link tree and my social medias. Well, also we're gonna get, okay, we're gonna get to that because this is the I believe this is the yeah that was the last segment on the podcast. So yeah, we're gonna switch it up again, and that's about it for the episode. That's about it for episode ten. Thanks for tuning in to the Notorious Mass Effect podcast, and don't be afraid to send me a voice message letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode. Click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities, my latest and greatest activities. I don't know why I say it. I always like to add that in. And make sure to subscribe. Oh, that's the YouTube stuff. Disregard that. (laughs) Share this podcast as this helps the show reach more people. And we can keep growing this foundation that we have right now because it's a solid foundation. I mean... I mean, it's not like a ton of us. I'm not saying like a bunch of us, but it's enough for like basically it's enough to fill up a room. Let's just say that. And a lot of y'all watch like every week. Well, not every week, every day of the week. So, um, and I haven't watched. Listen, messing all type of words up. That's how you know it's the end of this podcast. So, um, yeah, because sharing this podcast helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. So I want to thank y'all once again for tuning in to another episode of The Notorious Mass Effect.